1: welcome back to More Than a Muse. I'm
2: Stani. And I am Sadie. And this is our bonus episode for the month of December, where Stani and I decided to and had the great pleasure of reading a romance novel. And it was the cutest book. <laughs> I know. We hopped on our Zoom call to record and immediately we're just gushing about the book. And then we're like, oh, yes. wait,
1: oh, wait. <laughs> let's let's put this all on air. It's called Faking Christmas. It's by the author Cindy Steele. If you have the Kindle Unlimited membership, which I think is like, what, $9 a month or something? Yeah. It's free. So you can just read it for free on Kindle Unlimited or it's obviously for sale as well yes and it was adorable literally so cute um should we like share the premise i feel like yes. i'm like gushing <laughs> guys this was the cutest book <laughs> i literally finished
2: reading it and then we hopped on this call so i like have like yes. the post romance novel like Save. glow about me <laughs> The cheesy little grin, you
1: can't wipe off your face and you just feel all warm and fuzzy. Yeah.
2: Because I mean it was a very cutesy, cheesy romance book. Wholesome, Christmas themed.
1: It was like cheesy, but like not in a cringy way. It was like cheesy Mm -hmm. in a very like cute way and very like aware of its own genre. Yeah. Like and embraced it. Yeah, so the main character is named Olive and she actually is an English teacher so she like loves Jane Austen and Emily Bronte and mm-hmm. they make quite a few references to like Austen and Bronte and like their romance genre. Yes. And she also talks about like the steamy books she has on her Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is obviously very fitting for the genre of this book. So there was like a lot of nods to it. Like they weren't pretending to be anything other than what it is. Basically, it's an English teacher who really hates her co-worker, who is <laughs> a hot English teacher. <laughs> who is hot. Yeah, she
2: hates him, <laughs> yet was also very painfully aware of how hot he is. Important yes. Important to note.
1: And then she finds out that when she's going to spend Christmas with her new stepfather, only a year after her father passed away, and her sister... And her husband and kids that her mom is gonna try and set her up with her ex-boyfriend that she impromptu like very impromptu invited mm-hmm. on the trip as well. So she makes up a story about having a boyfriend that she hasn't told anyone about. And when they ask for a name, she just says her Miles. co-worker's name. <laughs> yeah.
2: Amazing.
1: Because why wouldn't you, right? Of course, what could go wrong? They end up going to the Christmas lodge and they find out that of course In true romance style fashion. True romance style. His family owns the lodge, and Mm -hmm. her co worker, her friend, that's a co worker, set the whole thing up and Mm -hmm. was trying to push them together. So then she has this guy that she supposedly hates that she just told her whole family that she's dating there with her. What will happen next For the whole Christmas holidays. What a terrible situation to be trapped in a Christmas card with a hot guy. <laughs> I know.
2: I hate it. But then, of course, I mean, I guess I don't want to give it away. No, I'm not going to yeah. give it away. You yeah, need to read it. it I mean, okay, I don't want to give it away. What could possibly happen next in a cliche <laughs> romance novel? They
1: follow. Loved us. But listen, the
2: way it happens, I don't want
1: to spoil a thing.
2: It's adorable. It's
1: cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cute. I actually found myself like being surprised by like a few things here and there, which was nice. Yeah, me too. It didn't follow the exact model of a romance Mm -hmm. novel. It had like all the things you love about it, but not like the crappy things you always hate. Like I hate the miscommunication stuff. That's really annoying. And they don't have that. I feel like they're actually really great at communicating. Mm -hmm. They're obviously like reserved in the beginning, but like there's no.
2: There's nothing I hate more than like a miscommunication in a book. That could be solved by just one simple conversation. So yeah, yeah, thankfully there was none of
1: that. Or like the fake he cheated on me with another person thing where it's like, no, he kissed me before I could do anything about it and all that. I hate that trope. Or like them just assuming the very,
2: very worst. When it's like in a normal world, you would ask them. Like you would just... Ask before you assume. So yeah, thankfully there was none of that.
1: Yeah, so like it didn't have any of the annoying stuff. It was just cute. The author herself describes it on the cover as a Christmas escape novel.
2: (laughs) And it was a beautiful escape.
1: Yes, it literally is. She's like in this perfect little town with this really (laughs) smart, hot guy, guy, his (laughs) cute family, like doing all these stereotypical Christmas things. It was adorable.
2: It was adorable. And if anyone's concerned, it was definitely rated... PG. So (laughs) you can read it and have a very wholesome experience.
1: This book is actually a part of like a, I don't want to call it like a series. No. It's one of these things that happens every so often with romance novels. I've actually read a few where they have multiple romance authors that, like, all team up to kind of write the same genre of something Mm -hmm. together. So I read one once that was, like, three different authors, and they all wrote a romance about being trapped in Alaska. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, this one, obviously, they're all Christmas-themed. So each book is by a different author, but I think there's, like, seven of them. And they're all closed-door romances. That's what it's called. We kind of – we talk about this a lot in our romance novel series, which you all should go listen to because no one – Yeah, that – Episode did not get enough love, and it's wonderful. But yeah, they're all like closed door romances, so there's nothing explicit. There's nothing that you have to like be worried about. (laughs) Like, I feel like a teenager could definitely read this book. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, like you mentioned, we do have a whole episode on romance novels. It's partly why we decided to do a romance novel for our book of the month. I want to shout out that episode. Truthfully, that episode is one of my favorite we've ever done because it totally like. Transformed the way I thought about mm-hmm. a whole genre of something. And it was also just really cool to learn just about how big of a romance novel industry it was and to like calm myself out for my own sexism. So go listen to the episode. But along with that, another reason why we wanted to do this is because I feel like the classic Christmas romance stories, obviously, we read the book, but Hallmark movies are They're
1: a huge. very big
2: Christmas cliche that we wanted to touch on as well for this episode.
1: Yes. So the fun thing about like Hallmark movies and romance novels is that they both are things that people kind of create with a, treat with a little bit of cringe. Yeah, uh-huh. but they're like leaning into it and literally raking in millions of dollars, and I just mm-hmm. think that there's something really funny about that, like literally laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> I I appreciate it. Like obviously, no yeah. one's writing a
2: Hallmark movie and being like, "This is the height of human excellence." But you know what? In a way,
1: I think in, it is. It kind of is because they're is. they're in on the joke. <laughs> yeah, in branding, actually, we talk a lot about. I'm a graphic designer. I, I bring that up a few times, but sometimes I'm like, do people remember that? Do I need to say it more often? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it makes sense a lot more of the things I say when I <laughs> bring that up. But in a class once we brought up the fact that you can't really market towards everyone because then you end up like alienating someone, like it's just like an impossible task, mm-hmm. but I actually feel like Hallmark movies are kind of the perfect part of that where they know exactly what they're doing and they're in a way they're marketing towards everyone and yet a very specific audience yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool. It's a very powerful thing that they're able to accomplish that very few people would actually be able to. Anyway, let's talk about Hallmark. Love Hallmark. So I feel like I'm stumbling over my words.
2: <laughs> I'm like we're still... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> romantic glow of like, miles I just and read a really
1: cute book i've been in a whole other world for two hours so <laughs> it was so worth it definitely okay so the hallmark movie phenomenon was actually created from hallmark cards which i feel like we all oh yeah know and have heard of like they're the greeting cards you know you buy them at the store, and Mm -hmm. they still exist to this day. They're a huge greeting card industry. And, of course, it was created by two brothers, the Hall brothers.
2: I actually did not know that. Okay, cool. Oh,
1: yeah. They also are probably, most likely, the inventors of modern-day wrapping paper. So they've Mm. got the pulse on Christmas here. They have greeting cards. They've got wrapping paper.
2: Yeah. And
1: then they tapped into the movie industry literally in, I think it was, like, the 1950s, like, the beginning of cinema. Hold on, I'm going to double check really quick. Yeah, 1960 was their first film. So granted, it was very different from what they're making now. I think the beginning movies were a lot more serious, but so were every other movie during that time period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's not that crazy. I mean,
2: by that point, too, there was no cliches. You know, like they were making the cliches, so they didn't have anything to lean into to like almost like be... Aware of.
1: They were (laughs) creating the cliches that we now know. Mm -hmm. And literally, the whole idea behind these movies was that they were just going to be the movie version of a greeting card, which actually sounds very adorable. And I feel like they fit that exactly. Like Mm -hmm. it is the movie version of a greeting card. They also own Crayola, which I didn't know until. Wow. Yeah, until this. So I feel like that's a really wholesome little group of things that they've got going on there. Greeting <laughs> cards, Hallmark movies, and crayons. <laughs> that's cute. That is very cute. <laughs> right? So Hallmark has made more than 300 Christmas movies. 300 Christmas movies. Wow. Just this year, they released 40 new movies, and that's a pretty standard thing for them. They come out with like 30 to 40 movies every single year Uh, they actually start a christmas countdown on their channel every year beginning october 21st wow i didn't realize it started so october 21st i guess that makes
2: sense because my mom loves christmas movies and those hallmark movies like they'll be just on all november and i've sometimes just been like wow like mom (laughs) i guess we're already going for it but Yeah,
1: 40 new ones every year. You got to get through them somehow. You You got to get through them. Yes. Traditionally, obviously, it's been a very white Christmas for Hallmark, Mm -hmm. pun intended. But they have been trying to diversify. I mean, Obviously, the names are awful. Their one this year is called Hanukkah on Rye, which I mean, come on. Like the most stereotypical thing you can think of. Nice. (laughs) Um, And they also have a Kwanzaa celebration one this year. I'm going to look up the name really quick because it's probably awful as well. Oh, it's just called Holiday Heritage. Oh, I don't know if that's really like... That almost seems like not fair, though. I'm like, they deserve a cheesy Hallmark movie yeah. name. Give them a funny Kwanzaa name. Maybe it's harder to come up with like a Kwanzaa pun.
2: I mean, I get They probably don't want to be offensive, but... Fair.
1: <laughs> I feel like Hanukkah and Rye is kind of offensive. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This also is their first year of including an LGBTQ couple, which is, of course, very progressive for the channel. But the thing about Hallmark is that they, there's no pretense. They are what they are. Like, they mm-hmm. are a holiday greeting card movie. Like, that is what it is. And so I was listening to a podcast episode where they were kind of chatting about Hallmark movies. It's called The Popcast with Knox mm-hmm. and Jamie. And They brought up the fact that like with a lot of shows nowadays, you almost feel like you have to like hold the remote and like pause it every single time you think you hear your kid coming down the stairs oh yeah yeah like they were talking about white lotus and apparently they were just like yeah like I didn't know what was gonna happen like at any moment something explicit could happen and so like my daughter was coming down the stairs for a drink of water and I like you had turned to... the tv off because
2: you know? just never <laughs> like, know like oh is there gonna be a butt or who knows what I exactly
1: <laughs> yeah like they just you never know or like they could walk in the kitchen and then the f-bomb drops and all mm-hmm. of a sudden your three-year-olds heard that you know and so what is kind of nice about Hallmark movies especially during the holiday season kids off of school like people are staying up later family are coming over who maybe have different standards than Mm -hmm. your family does and everything else is that hallmark is family friendly it's rated g there's literally like barely a kiss in it you can have it on all day It has all of the cliche holiday vibes that bring back that nostalgia Mm -hmm. that we talked about in our Christmas music episode. There's nothing offensive. There's barely anything ever sad. Like it's not a Nicholas Sparks movie. You're not going to be weeping your eyes out. It's literally like not even sad, nothing explicit. There's even like no cultural tripwires, no politics, no blatant racism. I'll say that because obviously yeah, there are like some it. problems <laughs> with the fact that their cast has been so white and so typical like sure, there's for things so to criticize. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's basically just feelings. There's no substance. It's predictable, but it's comforting. It and there's not comforting. really anything horrible about that. Like they even compared it to like the Taco Bell of TV, where it's like it kind of sucks, but it's like kind of good
2: yeah Mm -hmm. you know
1: like you love it because it's it's not pretending to be anything else it's not pretending to be a Michelin star steak restaurant you know like they're not trying to win the Oscars or the Emmys like they're just being themselves like it's Mm -hmm. just unpretentious Taco Bell TV that's Hallmark I like that wording (laughs) of it and I
2: That is my favorite thing of, I actually say, think ever. Like my favorite thing in a human being, my favorite Mm -hmm. thing in an art form is when it is just aware of itself and it's unpretentious and it just owns every facet of that.
1: Like. Agreed. What is better than that? I know. And honestly, just like Taco Bell with their chain restaurants popping up everywhere and making millions of dollars, Hallmark is doing really well for itself. (laughs) Yeah. They they really hit on something here. (laughs) really did okay so to put it in comparison they compared it to the downtown abbey movie so that's Mm. like the comparison i have so hallmark has a two million dollar budget per movie which to me i'm like okay but downtown abbey had a 40 million dollar budget oh wow and downtown abbey was not like a huge movie production like it was big but it wasn't like a marvel movie a marvel movie has a 365 million dollar budget Oh, there's the difference. (laughs) Yes. So that's kind of the progression there. So think about it. They're making these movies for $2 million. They shoot each movie in about two to three weeks. Wow. That is ridiculous. Downtown Abbey took 12 weeks. A lot of other movies take like a year. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on what it is. So they're doing $2 million in two weeks. And during Christmas, it's estimated that 80 billion people watch at least a few minutes of a Hallmark movie. 80? Wait. 80 billion. Wait, that doesn't make sense because
2: there's not that many people in the world. 8 billion? That's the entire human population.
1: (laughs) That doesn't work. Maybe 80 80 million? The entire human population times 10 watches the whole world. I was. I didn't know if it was like...
2: You were so sure of yourself. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was typing while I was listening. I probably typed it wrong. Uh, I'm dying. Oh, man. I do not even think about the world population. It was just like, yeah. Like... That's a pretty crazy
1: number. <laughs> okay, oh my gosh. eighty million is still a lot of people. It's still a lot of people, and granted, that's only a few minutes of the Hallmark movies, but that that few minutes adds up.
2: No, that's incredible, um, and that's not counting all the people who probably just like my mom watched them all December long.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Also, the top demographic <laughs> that watches the network is women ages eighteen to forty nine, mm-hmm. which is apparently like prime advertising. Like that's what oh. everyone is trying to market towards. Yeah. Because. In traditional households, which sadly a lot of the United States still falls into, women make a lot of the purchasing decisions for mm-hmm. the home, and that's women eighteen to forty nine. Mm-hmm. And they also have a lot of buying powder power. Like think of like beauty products, like yeah, everything. A lot of that clothing and fashion, like those are huge industries. Eighteen to forty nine is your sweet spot there. Like yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people fight really hard to get prime advertising space and that is the Hallmark channel, which means a third of their annual revenue comes from Hallmark movies and that's including Crayola and greeting cards and they still make a third of their money off of Hallmark
2: movies. (laughs) That is crazy though, actually. Like the entire Crayola company, you know... I. (laughs) That's, that's a lot of crayons. That's a lot of crayons.
1: What? Like, dang. Yeah. They also, like, they make 350 to $500 million in ad revenue each year. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and this is, like, the numbers. More people watch Hallmark than CNN. More people watch Hallmark than HBO. I'm like, people need to
2: talk about this more. Like, we need to all be a little bit more proud of our Hallmark watching because... I
1: What? That is so shocking to me. Right? And it reminded me so much of when we talked about romance novels, where Mm -hmm. it's like they are the best-selling books in the history of book selling. Like, Mm -hmm. they are the ones. And yet, it hits a key demographic that has a ton of decision-making power. Like, literally probably sets the culture for society. Like, think of all the celebrities from 18 to 49. They're the ones making all of the fashion decisions for our world you know like that kind of is who has the power that is the demographic and yet it's completely ignored in almost every single way mm. well we celebrate the box office hits of another marvel movie that's doing the exact same thing but just marketing towards men interesting yeah so i was like huh interesting that we are ignoring women's interests once wait again but that's
2: weird <laughs> we net like society never does that how unlike the history of the world. I, I don't know. know.
1: How strange.
2: Well, I want to give some facts too just about romance novels in general and my pitch to go listen to that episode again. I think that's one of my favorites that we've done. And just to kind of combine that with how huge the Hallmark movie industry, I guess, is. Romance novels generate over $1.44 billion in revenue, making romance the highest earning genre of fiction. And romance reached... 19 million printed units sold over the last 12 months as of august of this year 2022 19 million books sold in a year (laughs) sales of printed novels i was actually surprised to hear this printed romance novels have increased by 36 percent compared to 2021 and i i don't want to talk about why i think that is because we're gonna (laughs) yeah because we're all gonna do an episode on that at the beginning of January but I just think that's so cool and then over 33 percent of books sold in mass market paperback format were romance novels so just like Crayola and Hallmark earn a third of their revenue from cheesy romance stories and Hallmark movies a third of the entire book marketplace Romance novels and romance novels were the fastest growing genre of fiction over this period, which was a 66% growth in adult fiction in 2022. So
1: I believe it,
2: yeah, so much more than I think, even when we did the episode, I I think we did the episode over a year ago. So,
1: yeah, since the last time
2: we touched on it, it's grown as an industry.
1: I know, because we, we talked about it right when I was beginning to see a lot more romance novels mm-hmm. being talked about. Now they're everywhere. Like everywhere. Half of the book talk recommendations are romance and they should be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're really nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. They're lovely. Like it's unpretentious, just mm-hmm. fun. Like why is that a horrible thing?
2: (laughs) I fully agree.
1: There is one more thing I wanted to bring up. I saw a TikTok literally this week where a girl was talking about the new like cartoon cover trend with Mm. romance novels and kind Mm -hmm. of like the impact that that's had. Because we talked about this in our romance novel episode as well. When you think of a traditional romance (laughs) novel you think of a shirtless dude on a cover a shirtless dude a girl in a busty gown draped over him (laughs) you know his hair is like blowing in the wind or something Uh right and she brought up the fact that there's a lot of like good things about kind of like, like cartoon art trend it's called like vector art which to be fair, the book we read does have that. It does, yes. (laughs) It's not, like, my favorite style because I don't enjoy faceless people. (laughs) They creep me out. But she did bring up the fact that it makes it easier for a lot of people who are, like, self-publishing to show more diversity in their Mm -hmm. couples or get, like, better artwork for cheaper because they can't, like, it's either stock photography or you find an artist, you know, who can just like, quickly they do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. You can't like do an entire photo shoot. But she also brought up the fact that it kind of is being treated as like a way of elevating the genre mm. when like the genre doesn't really need to be elevated. <laughs> like she kind of brought up the fact that like because we're shying away from like, the sexuality of the romance novels like trying to hide what it is we're kind of making people ashamed of like the very overtly sexual aspect of a lot of romance Mm -hmm. like the one we read wasn't explicit right but there are quite a few that are very steamy (sighs) and with these cartoon covers like people aren't expecting them to be that which is fine but like why is it pretending to be something that it's not? That it's not, not. Yeah. Just for the case of like appealing more to an audience that obviously doesn't care if they're going to read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Like trying to fit in with a market that has never really cared whether or not they fit in anyway. But at the same
2: time, I mean, if the market has grown as much as it has in the last year yeah, maybe then it, it helping was for the best because i I think I can maybe see that, like, oh, you know, if I'm reading a book in public that has, like the stereotypical half naked man with the woman <laughs> draping, I think there would be, you know, a little bit a of like more
1: glances, yeah, like,
2: I guess, yep, I'm reading on this. But if I'm reading a book in public with a cute cartoon couple on the cover, it feels
1: more innocent and less something to be. like, I don't know, you're right. But then it's kind of like, but. Should people feel like they have to hide what they're listening to? And I think that that's kind of the question she was posing, too, is that it's like, are we doing this because we're ashamed of the fact that that's what the topic is that sells? Or Mm -hmm. is it because there's actually a need for it? So I thought that was kind of an interesting look at kind of just how fast the romance genre is progressing yeah she also brought up the fact that they've changed the size of them I was gonna try to find what it's actually called so there's like two different kind of paperbacks that you can sell there's like the mass market ones or just like traditional paperback books yeah okay mass market paperbacks are kind of more of what you assume the steamy covered ones are they're Mm -hmm. smaller yeah they're easier to carry they kind of have more of like a collectability to them because you can literally like they're like six bucks. like Yeah. <laughs> and those are paperbacks. But the mass market paperbacks are like the full on what you expect a paperback book to be more traditionally like now. Yeah. They're bigger and they cost more. So they're more like 20 bucks. And she just brought up the fact that there wasn't really a need for them to do that either. Other than to like kind of appeal to more a general audience. And so they're making money off of it. Like mm. tons of money off of it. I mean, because you're going from a six dollar book to a to a twenty dollar book when it's literally the exact same book. <laughs> yeah.
2: I recently. Well, I guess a couple months ago at this point, but I bought a version of Little Women and it was one of those like style of paperbacks. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, eight dollars. And I was like, oh, what? And oh, yeah, duh, I forgot like this style of book it's that much cheaper and I guess yeah I didn't even like think to realize that like that's what most romance novels are
1: or at least yeah. were for a yeah, while what they used to be I don't think they're gonna be that way anymore I mean I guess um, it's maybe an attempt of I
2: don't know if it's an attempt to elevate the genre or just being like it's just like any other fiction book it's not its
1: own thing yeah that's what she was kind of trying to bring up she's like are we elevating it or are we like mm-hmm. pretending we're elevating it while we're actually like backpedaling the progressiveness of it because i can see what she means like it's a romance novel like we shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that we're reading a romance novel like why yeah. are we pretending that we like, don't, we don't it have it to change what it is yeah yeah like it is what it is it's taco bell like <laughs> <literally>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's just like what's the point in pretending it's something that it's not but mm-hmm. i also can see the point of like wanting to appeal to a more general audience that wants to feel like it's just any other book. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. There's obviously a lot happening with the romance genre. It's growing quite fast. (laughs) Yes,
2: very fast. I'm excited to talk about that in our episode coming up in January. So we don't usually do sneak peeks for our episode. I know. But I'm very excited about this one. And it perfectly ties in with that. We'll be talking about book talk and the book industry author industry and what tiktok has done to all of it and i guess i don't know for sure when this one's coming out but even if it comes out after christmas go read it go read the book go read the book please (laughs) I like, actually, I'm like, maybe we should make this come out a little bit earlier than I was originally planning so that it comes out before Christmas. I think we should actually so was gonna mention that, that I to can you. convince more people to go read this book like you could read it in a weekend before Christmas.
1: Oh, definitely. This is literally so easy. So I read it on the Kindle app and it is literally a three hour long book. It was excellent. <laughs> it was wonderful. And I am totally going to go read a lot of the other ones Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be buying another one for my flight on Thursday. And I'm going to yes. be in just
2: so much joy.
1: Just I want to see, I found like the whole series at one point And I wanted to see if I could list them off really quick. So this one was Faking Christmas by Cindy Steele. There's also Christmas Baggage by Deborah M. Hathaway. Host for the Holidays by Martha Keys, A Newport Christmas by Jess Mm Heelman, A Not-So-Holiday Paradise by Gracie Ruth Mitchell, Later On Will Conspire by Courtney Kiesel, and Cotswolds Holiday by Casey Stockton. So there is quite a few there. If you are bored, maybe you get stuck in a snowstorm under a covered bridge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. (laughs) wink wink (laughs) we will get that reference later (laughs) you can read like any of these and yeah just lovely i think they're all independently published too so and they're all women authors so look at this supporting
2: women authors
1: and women and i guess i should mention how i found this book oh yeah on goodreads which is having a whole renaissance moment and i'm here for it i've Mm -hmm. had a goodreads account since the eighth grade Mm, and i love that they've been beefing everything up lately because people are using it again Mm -hmm. and this one is literally rated 4.6 out of five stars it is high 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 rated it's so good yeah Check it out. Go buy a cute romance novel to read during your vacation. You won't regret it. You
2: really won't. And as per usual, we'll be back on Monday with a new episode of More Than a Muse and Happy Holidays. Yes. I hope you fall holidays. in love with the hot English teacher from across the hall and kiss <laughs> under
1: the mistletoe. And also go watch some Hallmark movies. They have 40 new ones this Yeah. Um, yeah this year alone i mean th- they might
2: change up the story who knows <laughs> yeah, you never know maybe you they don't know. fall in love
1: <laughs> but i've heard that you can actually watch all of the new ones that have come out that week on mm-hmm. peacock for like the weekend and oh, then fun. they replace them with the new ones the next week so there's like three or four new ones on peacock every single week for you well, to that's check a out.
2: really exciting thing to learn thank you for
1: telling exactly. me exactly yeah so check it out hope you enjoy a little romantic christmas mm-hmm. holiday
0: everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium